0: Hey, friends, welcome back to the Nation's Weekly Podcast. This week's episode is the fourth and final installment of a special introductory series where we have unpacked the origin story and the values that drive our organization. So, this week, we explore our final two values beauty and reformation. We'll close out the conversation this week by exploring what's next, not just for us as an organization, the projects that we've got coming down the pipeline that you'll be excited to tune in for, but also what you can expect from this as a regular weekly podcast. It's gonna look a little bit different than these first four. So thanks again for joining us and we hope you enjoy this week's conversation. Which brings us to beauty. Maybe I think personally is. I don't know, this might be my favorite one. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Maybe it's cuz I'm a 4. I don't know. Maybe it's cuz I trend towards <laughs> <laughs> which only means something if you know the enneagram, which is we will not be doing a podcast on. No. No
1: we won't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um a wonderful and useful tool with its limits. Anyways, uh beauty beauty is I think irreducible from all the rest of them. And you've already touched on it earlier in this conversation. We were describing our commitment to excellence and to saying, hey, like not just the stories that we tell, but the ways that we tell them and the mediums through which that we tell them, mm. we want to be beautiful because beauty has this intrinsic quality to capture our hearts and our minds, to, to transcend just like the the rational and to get from here down into here, which is where we all live from. So Joel, for you though, as a filmmaker and as the kind of the steward of, and the captain of this ship that we are all all now a part of, like, why is it that beauty rose to the surface?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's probably one of the most important values. <clears throat> well, yeah. Anytime you're, th- this list of four things, first of all, it took forever to come up with. It's really easy to go like, so what are we about? Like, oh, we're about honesty and integrity. And like, and you can come up with a thousand words, but... Making fun beauty, of honesty and integrity? No, 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 not at all. It should just come with a package already. i under the bus. Yeah. But beauty is, is one where, you know, as if we're going to be storytellers, it's it's really distracting to go to a place. Like for me, when I was in Iraq, I was like, oh my gosh, this is where, you know, this country consumed the newsfeed growing up because of war. And it's obvious that when I set foot in Iraq, that ISIS was bad and ISIS has caused harm and destruction and pain. That's obvious. All the other news outlets, that's all they focus on, mm-hmm. which, I mean, that's what we like to consume. But if our God is real, Okay. If he's really working there and if something's really, um, y- you know, uh, coming of his work there, it's, it's going to be beautiful. And my work as a storyteller, as a filmmaker is to go and to find that beauty. Mm-hmm. It's to mm-hmm. find the stories where, you know, you know, like I think of like the women who were so horribly abused by ISIS and to, I remember step step stepping foot in to their, this tent where they had piped in therapy by Jacqueline Isaac and her organization. And to see the, transform, like the transformation and the redemption mm-hmm. that was taking place, I'm like, mm-hmm. this is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. And so that's when we hit record. Mm-hmm. That's, w- it was hard to find that place, but we found it. Mm-hmm. And so that's, for me, that's, it's mining for it. It's yeah. too obvious to show the destruction. It's too easy. There's a million other outlets that'll show you that, but nations will always be about doing the due diligence of finding where God's working and where he's working. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Bottom mm. line. Dude, well said. It's, it's a guiding. I, I, I named it or teased it as maybe the most important, um, because I think that without that as a North star in a lot of ways, it's like, well, what's risking your life for mm-hmm. yeah. uh, is money right? Is, is fame, is, you know, a a political tribe or allegiance. Like, no, I, I think one thing across cultures and across faith traditions or whatnot, the good, the true, the beautiful, those are the things that capture our hearts and our imaginations. And it's the stuff that inspires us to give ourselves away. It, you know, um, so it's, always there. I I named it earlier with a theological term, like the the imago Dei, the image of God within us. You know, one of my discontents and dissatisfactions is that, yeah, the story of of faith that I was raised in had a lot of beauty in it. Um, But, you, you know, we all know the story. Well, starts with usually starts with the bad, like humanity's broken, fallen, sinful. It's like, well, man, dude, that's starting at Genesis three. Like, what about, what about one and two? Like that's this incredibly beautiful place in which like, Hey, the starting point is beauty. The starting point Mm -hmm. is wholeness. The starting point is communion. The starting point is relationship and, and growth and all these beautiful things, you know, now we don't, we can't We can't ignore or deny the brokenness, you know, and as artists or storytellers, of course, we do have to capture and communicate some of that. And sometimes that needs to be jarring, that needs to be unsettling uh, because it needs to shake us out of our complacency, but ultimately for a purpose, not gratuitously, you know, I mean, like not to bag on HBO because they've made some absolute, I mean, they're world-class storytellers and creatives so often, but you know, my biggest complaint against them is like, well, yeah, I mean, when you just use violence or when you use like sex, because you know that these are things that will immediately capture our attention just for the sake of capturing my attention. Well then, I mean, that's, that's a dirty trick. That's Mm -hmm. just, that's dishonoring the storytelling trade. But when we recognize that, Hey, uh, Everything that we do needs to be in service of this deeper beauty, that this coherence that is possible if we, ha- if we have the faith to risk that sort of like hope, you know? Mm-hmm. So entering into any given situation and saying, man, this looks bad. Where is it? I know it's here somewhere. You know, when I talk to our storytellers, that's and they're like, hey, I've got this, you know, this story idea or we look at, you know, we look at global events, look at what's going on in Iran right now. And, you know, I mean, the persecution that's happening from by the state against protesters, you know, uh, hopefully we'll be telling some stories. We have friends who are Iranians. We have friends who have escaped that sort of stuff. And yes, they'll tell stories that are like horrific about just how bad and brutal, you know, uh, it can be. And yet there's always these stories of incredible hope. And so that's the commitment. Our commitment to beauty is saying, well, if we can find that, um, that will feed the good parts of us. That will feed the good parts in other people. That will be the fuel in the engine, you know, the fuel in the engine uh, to motivate righteous action, to motivate participation, not just consumption, Mm -hmm. um, because beauty ultimately is doing this. It's ultimately beckoning us, you know, um, further in, which brings us to reformation uh, as our, our last core value and i apologize i realize that uh i'm being a bad host in many different ways because right now this side of the table has been talking so if you guys have any comments about beauty or life risk or advocacy or this next one reformation and what it means to you i'd I'd love to hear from you but i also don't want to put you on the spot
2: no you guys are doing great (laughs) um i think i mean i think the beauty pieces i mean they're all they're all important i i can remember um I think the, the hyphen in life risk was a good 45 minutes of board conversation about three years ago. That was an, an expensive hyphen. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it's always interesting how hard it is to basically say, what are the things that we're going to specifically name um, that will actually um, be true and authentic to who we are? Because any organization, and many organizations do, can, you know, here's your mission, vision, values, and they live on the wall next to the bathroom or in the break room or something. And some of them are just like, well, yeah, like honesty, integrity, excellence. And it just becomes these, these words that, um, are meaningless really. And so that's, um, it is a challenge to sort of figure out like, no, really, what are the things that we want to own that we want to be, um, on purpose in saying, this is, this is part of the map that, that we follow in, in the, the content that we curate. So, um, yeah mm. it's a lot of work
3: it is and i think something that i i am attracted to with these values is that because they're hard to just i mean we've been mulling over this for two weeks now is mm-hmm. it's hard to boil down into one sentence these are words that are meant to be embodied mm-hmm. and nations does that which is why you know for one word we have three stories behind it right. or we have um you know mm-hmm. all these little like Spin off words that also go for it as yeah. well, and I feel like Reformation's similar because there's a historical bent to it. There's a Reformation movement that mm-hmm. you know coincides with it, mm-hmm. but also is yeah part of the heartbeat of what nations also is, just like beauty, advocacy, and life risk, and how mm-hmm. they all feed into each other, yeah.
0: We for a lot of these, I mean, we, there's been written definitions, um, but we've been in the process of every revisiting those and saying, hey, do they need to be refreshed? You know, we just made this transition from you know a little nonprofit to a for-profit that is trying to is trying to scale in lots mm-hmm. of different ways, and so yeah. it's given us this opportunity to have conversations like these. It's why we're inviting people into it because we're having these all the time, wrestling over, hey. Um, is that true to who we are now? Yeah. Does that need yeah. to be carried forward? I'm so glad that you spoke up because it reminds me that we actually have done the hard work of trying to name more specifically and give mm-hmm. voice to what do we mean and how do we understand these values? And that's been a process, an ongoing one. Yeah. Uh, Soul Heart asked us to do it in certain ways for just you know some of our email communications and and whatnot, but it's been a part of the ethos of this New movement, this next iteration of nations, asking the question of, well, hey, what it meant in the past is it is that what it means for us now, and is that what it's going to mean going forward? So we have kind of tweaked a couple of them, and we we are behind on our homework, and we haven't done one for advocacy yet. But I know that we spent some time actually writing down and refining, or r- rather refining what we'd written down for life risk and for beauty and for affirmation So my bad as a host for forgetting we'd done that. Um, but Claire. Since you're the keeper of these definitions currently, could you read for us what we've come up with for life risk, for beauty, and then for our last value that we'll talk about, which is reformation?
3: Yeah, perfect. And actually in skimming ahead, I do want to tweak this a little bit.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. no, nope, no revisions. I'll go, Set stone.
3: <laughs> I'll go ahead and read it. Life risk, willing to leave perceived safety and venture into places of peril, covering the courage of those prepared to lose their lives in service for something greater beauty is no matter how dark the circumstances we doggedly mine doggedly doggedly god sorry guys <laughs> it's
0: okay you can just start over again
3: beauty <laughs> is no matter how dark the circumstances we doggedly mine for the inextinguishable dignity nobility and wonder in everything that is fuel for hope mm. reformation We seek to highlight and elevate the people who are committed to persevering in hope, seeking creative solutions for the complex problems of the world while embodying the virtues of Jesus.
0: Hmm. Not bad.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Not bad.
0: Thanks for being the one to, uh, to read it and we can, we can go over your edit notes after the podcast. Um, But yeah, Reformation Joel, is there a particular, um, is there a particular story behind this one?
1: Yeah, it has nothing to do with Martin Luther.
2: Um,
0: Calvin, though. Yeah. A lot to Definitely. <laughs> Actually, Zwingli.
1: So, this has been one of the hardest things for people to kind of grasp. Like, oh, you guys, like, but, you know, like, no, it's like, I think as I look at my journey of faith, it's been a process of being reformed, like, reformed and mm-hmm. reshaped. And so it's this word for us that, um, highlights the individuals who are willing to participate in God's redemption. And so they're, they're part of that process. They say yes to, I think that's like missiology 101. It's the, it's a willingness to go and to participate with God and what he's doing. So, um, yeah, it's marked by, I think number one, it's, it's like reformers are marked by humility. It's another word that's baked into this. It's like every single person that we've, I've interviewed at Nations, I'll, I'll be like, do you view yourself as a reformer? They're like, no. Then they've just told like, yeah, I'm, we're like, we, this is what we're doing. We're here. Most broken place you've ever seen. Like this is destruction. But we believe that God's place is here to be a part of his redemption. And I'm like, so do you, do you view yourself as a reformer? Like, no, not at all. And it's, it's time <laughs> and time out. And, um, and so I, I think, yeah, the, like these are the people again, that don't, they're not on the front page of the newspaper. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget when Drew Conselman and I, he he's, was the chairman of the board for when we were a nonprofit. Mm. He uh, says, hey, there was just an earthquake in Haiti yesterday. This is 2010. He's like, um, I'm going to go down there. I'm like, what are you going to do? He's like, I, there's this doctor, Dr. Klein, Gary Klein, and he's got a dump truck. I'm going, I'm listening. And he's he's <laughs> going from, he's got materials in the Dominican Republic and he's going to drive this dump truck full of materials into this clinic that he has in Port-au-Prince. I'm like, I don't know where Port-au-Prince is. He's like, it's the main city. So he's like, do you want to go? I'm like, yeah. You know, I'm all about life, risk and adventure. <laughs> and so off we went and we, we jumped We met this doctor who drove through the night and we're in the back of this dump truck and we drove through the night into Port-au-Prince. Meanwhile, Kanye West, all the celebrities are raising billions of dollars for this cause to help people in Haiti. And we roll into town and the Red Cross is stuck in the Harbor. They can't get the supplies to shore, but this little missionary doctor from the Dominican Republic, like new. And he had the only open clinic in all of Port-au-Prince. Mm. This is days after. Aww. And I'm just going, man, these it's always the little little guys who are doing the biggest yeah. work, you know. And he yeah. got no press, no one told his story. But this guy was a reformer. Like he's just like willing to go and to participate and to reshape that that area. And yeah. um, I'm like, gosh, that's really where I think the seeds were planted for for um. For nations. And so I think we all know what a reformer is, but I think for me, it's guys like Gary and gals like Jacqueline Isaac. And, you know, those are the people who are just willing to participate, willing to go and mm. make mistakes along the way. I think that's another problem too, that it's marking, you know, missiology today. It's like, people are so afraid to make mistakes. Yeah. They're like, Oh, I'll be canceled. I'll make, mm. you know, I'll, I'll say something wrong. It's like the people who I really look up to and admire are those who are like, yeah, probably going to make a lot of mistakes in trying to help these people, but that's not going to paralyze me from going. Remember when, when Helping Hurts, that book came out, it's <laughs> was like, everyone's like, that's it, that. I'm not going to the mission field because I read this and we're just causing all this harm. Like, yeah, we're human. We're going to make mistakes. But I guess it's that spirit of just willingness to to participate. Mm-hmm. It's the in and that boiled down to the willingness to talk to your neighbor and, yeah. you know, the willingness yeah. to just go out of your way, the willingness to, again, doesn't matter what the church is doing or not doing. It matters what God's doing and his invitation to participate in redemption yeah. is for everybody. And if you're willing to participate, you're a reformer, bottom yeah. line.
0: Yeah, and that's so, I, I love that last bit that you shared. Um, we want everybody to realize this is, Nations doesn't exist to highlight just exceptional people. You know, the people who, oh my gosh, you know, the, the gnarliest ones. Yes, of course, because in part, we need that. We need ideals. We need, in some ways, you know, saints, as it were. Um, we need to see shining examples of people who are willing to radically respond to God's invitation and who are willing to play by a different set of rules. Um, because frankly, we all need inspiration. We need courage. We need motivation to, to do that ourselves. And our our biggest, you know, one of our biggest convictions is that, okay, like, hey, Joel, you should silence your cell phone. Gosh. And then <laughs> after that, you should become partisan, join God in what he's doing right here. That's yeah, it's my wife. Well, okay, that's fine. If it's your wife.
1: How did I not silence it earlier? You know, it's, again, it's, the production guy is blowing the podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but this term reformer, it's a loaded one. We've gone back and forth about mm-hmm. whether or not, because yes, we, we jokingly named some of the Protestant reformers or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's and if you know your church history there's the reformation and there's the counter reformation you know and there's it's it can get messy it's also got this whole connotation with reformed theology mm-hmm. and a particular mm-hmm. expression of that in north north america and in western christianity that can be particularly polarizing and that's not like it's not what we're talking about okay. um And we're not just talking about these exceptional individuals. It is this invitation to realize that, hey, at every given point, at each day, all of us are facing this question of, will you participate Mm -hmm. in your own life? But more than that, will you participate in the community in which God has called you? Are, Are you willing to participate in saying, no, like, okay... Entropy is a law of the universe. Like things die and decay, you know, and fall apart. And it's our task with each generation to say, okay, cool. What's my role in putting it back together? What's Mm -hmm. my role in building a new thing? And I love that we've landed on reformation instead of just revolution. And this goes back to a story from, I think it was Jack Burns at Whitworth. He's a leadership professor. And he, I think if I remember, the story goes something like he's addressing a bunch of, you know, young kids or whatnot, and probably half of them are wearing like Che Guevara T-shirts or something. And he's like, yeah, revolution is lazy. Everyone's like, what? <laughs> how dare you? You know, like, like we must rebel. Uh, And he's like, now like anybody can tear something down. Like you have gravity on your side. Mm -hmm. Like the harder thing is reformation because reformation is part of what's happening behind us. You know, Hey, there is a wall here. This space, this, this office was created in a particular way that when we walked into it said, no, that's, that's wrong for the spirit of this company and this endeavor. Like we need to change the environment because it's, it's not gonna flourish if it's the way that it is. Mm-hmm. So we need to knock down this wall. We don't need to knock down the whole building. Mm-hmm. You know, like we don't need to start from scratch. Like mm-hmm. there's a step that we need to take mm-hmm. that's gonna make an improvement. And that will likely lead to another step, mm-hmm. you know, and this cascading effect. And so for us reformers, yeah, they're not just the debut banks. They're they're the people who quietly and without fanfare in their, in their neighborhoods around the world regardless of culture or creed, you know, are saying, hey, I, I'm not gonna give into the spirits that would divide us. I'm not gonna give into the spirits that would dehumanize and, and commodify. Mm-hmm. I want to commit to partnering with the spirits that give life and that, that generate beauty and fruitfulness and, uh, you know, and, and brotherhood and family, all these wonderful, beautiful poetic words that we could go on and talk about more. So I am passionate about reformation. Um, in part, because I also know that I need it. I like that. I like how you said it's born from your own. I was thinking, do we add a dash in reformation, you know, to reformation? I don't want to, because dashing words is not cool, but uh, although sometimes it's necessary, um, but it is, yeah, that continual project of we all need to mm-hmm. be reformed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the, the ultimate, like the the core
2: foundation of actual, you know, gospel reformation, which is the only reformation that really counts, that really lasts, that has eternal value is love. Mm. And so I think that's the piece of it where, you know, there, there is an appropriate space for rebuke of anybody who is, you know, writing a check, going on a trip, doing whatever they're doing, not because of what they are doing, but if the why of what they are doing is not first and foremost enlivened by love, mm. then don't go then then stop sure. and um, and until your heart is in that space, which, you know, that's not something that you work yourself into. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's, a, it's a gift that's, you know, that's given by the Lord. And so I think that's, um, that's a key component um, that just creates so much freedom um, when it's, hey, like I'm here and I need to maybe sit beside you and learn, um, but I want to be here because I love you. And not because I have, you know, more money than other people. And so you need me, or because I have more students that can build you more dormitories or whatever it is, And nothing wrong with that necessarily. But I think that's the key is, um, I mean, that's what moved me with with respect to the people that, you know, we would, you know, give the title of reformer is um, they're responding to the love of their creator um, by loving other people. Mm -hmm. And they're doing that in a way that is completely, if it's authentic, it's completely unique to them and their experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, There's not a template necessarily that says, this is how you transform X, or this is how you do Y. It's unique to their own story, Mm -hmm. which is usually unpredictable. It's unlikely. Um, It has twists and turns that don't entirely make sense. Um, There's periods of darkness that were very painful, but that actually created seeds for... Usefulness that maybe couldn't have been seen at the time. So, mm. I think I think that piece of it is for me. That's something that that I'm always looking for within that reformer is just, um, yeah, people who love one another and do it really well.
0: Any anything to add, Claire?
3: I mean, so many words have been spoken, but <laughs> I do think that for me, what reformation is—it's a culture and it's an act of choice to engage and partake. Mm. with whatever comes with that yeah whatever whatever beauty darkness mess chaos pain um weariness excitement yeah it's that choice to um engage with what's in front of you Mm. and that often not to circle it back but that often requires life risk yeah Mm. getting out of your comfort zone advocacy and beauty yeah Mm. so yeah
0: well, friends, thanks for having the conversation. Uh, there's one, one last little thing that I want us to talk about, which, you know, it's, it's not origin story. It's not values. Uh, it's just it's tactical, but it's exciting because we are in a new season. We are. I mean, as we mentioned, we're having this conversation as part of the, the quote unquote new, new iteration of the nation's podcast. Um, this is not what it's going to be. Every, every week week out, us for having a conversation, you know, or from a thirty thousand foot perspective or whatnot. Uh, so, I'd love it if, just really briefly, we could give our our listeners and you know, just the members in the nation's community, uh, an idea of and a little, a little taste, a little teaser of what is to come because we're getting ready to flip flip some switches, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so, yeah, what if what if are some of the the things that have been. Percolating in the background that we've been working on that we're excited about and that's coming up. Joel I'll start with you.
1: Oh, man. Well So you got video on there, so I'll speak to that uh-huh. um, we are Solving the problem that documentary filmmaking tends to be too slow in the landscape of like world events um, so for instance when we made the documentary in Iraq, we came home with a film and the film was addressing this idea of like, what is, what caused the refugee crisis and what is the church doing at the source of the problem? So in Iraq, like what's taking place, how are they being persecuted? What's going on? Why are people leaving? Which was obvious. um, And what does that journey look like? Um, But as soon as we got home and started editing, all of a sudden the source of that problem, ISIS had been dealt with. So literally the day after we left or two or three days, um, all everyone, the, the Peshmerga and everybody, they invaded, uh, Mosul to take it back and ISIS was eliminated from Iraq. So problem solved. So then we're like, gosh, the documentary is incomplete. So we need to go back. So we went back nine months later after that war had finished and we started asking the question, okay, now will the refugees come back? And so then we did all the interviews, re-edited the documentary, and then we finally released it. But by this time we released it, like the conflict was like two world events had happened in between that, mm-hmm. that time. So it got us thinking, what if we started filming documentaries in real time? And so what we're embarking on are uh, three different narratives, and we're going to be releasing these documentaries in 10-minute episodes Uh, over the course of a year. So we're going to be following Matt Spreadberry. He's a missionary surgeon who goes to places like (laughs) South Sudan, um, Ethiopia. Um, He's going to, he's going to be going to, um, uh, he's been in Burma with Dave Eubank. Rwanda. Rwanda. And so anyway, um, fascinating, fascinating young man that we're going to be following. Second narrative is uh, Samaritan Aviation down in Papua New Guinea. They run, uh, basically the Cessna 206s, uh, small planes, um, into places that no one else can get to. And, um, they're literally saving lives every day. And mm-hmm. they're just, they're just like, yeah, we fly airplanes for the glory of God. And <laughs> like it, I spent a week with those guys and my life was forever changed. I mean, while I was there, it was a nonstop tribal war. I mean, this is that the, when you think of the end of <laughs> ends of the road, this is it. Like i I'd, I'd never been in. I'd never been in anywhere like Papua New Guinea. So anyways, that's really fascinating. That'll be centered around Mark Palm and his family and all the, the people who support that effort. And then um, lastly, we'll be following Dave Eubank around. So as you know, his movie, Free Burma Rangers, came out uh, a couple years ago, and um, we've been trying to film a follow-up film with everything that he's been doing in Syria. So that that's another side project. Mm-hmm. Um, but I keep, I, we kept trying to get Dave back to Syria to film pickups for this documentary. And Dave's like, I can't, I'm in Burma and it's crazy here. We're digging up landmines in front of this church. I literally have photos on my phone of him doing this. And I'm going, Oh my gosh, you're doing something right now that we're going to want to make a documentary yeah. about in two years. Yeah. I know it. I know that the, really like, we should have made a documentary and we're not going to be able to get Dave there. Cause he's going to be doing something else. I'm like, just put a filmer on him full time. So James Barkman, actually leaves here shortly to go join up uh, with Dave in Mm -hmm. Burma. And so you'll be getting 10-minute episodes. So at the end of the year, if the content is worthy, which I think it probably will be, uh, we'll stitch that together and you'll have a documentary. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing for nation subscribers, you're going to be able to follow along. Week in, week out, Mm -hmm. you're going to get content for what Dave's up to and his team, Karen, the whole squad, the past month. So, which with Dave, it's (laughs) Matt and Buckle Up.
0: up. Yeah, and we, I mean, we got to see a little teaser of the first half of the first episode of of Matt's story. And both Joel and I, I mean, it was gorgeous and really moving. And both of us like, hey, pop into the edit bay. And all of a sudden we're just like... Yeah.
1: Well, this cameraman, you can't see him. Nate, I don't know if you can pivot around, but this this guy right here, Aaron Akindo, is our our filmmaker who's been covering the um the Matt Spreadberry. And and so um just really powerful stuff. And uh I can't wait to share it. Because again, these this video content, like Like the reason we produce this, it's it's for me. It's like mm-hmm. I'm the most selfish person in the world. I need it. I need these. I need I need these people in front of me to remind me of what, it, like following Jesus is really about. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, Aaron just did a masterful job and. And uh, anyways, I can't wait to share. Sorry for putting you on the spot there, Aaron.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's his favorite thing. He loves... Cameramen love being being, on film. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) it's their favorite thing. It's exactly where they got into that business. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and I know there's also, beyond those three primary projects, there's, even as we've seen, I mean, we just went down south of the border like last week, Mm -hmm. and we're filming. There's a story. So I know that there's going to be other Stories that will come up in the film space that will be exciting and worth sharing, you know, with subscribers. I know we've been kicking around uh, a local story actually of a church that's just going the opposite direction of everybody else, and you know, um, and they're just following the breadcrumbs. You know, And so we might we might do some storytelling around that. So it's really, it's exciting. And Well, now you teased it. I mean, because you've come up with the, probably the best title for this, this short piece. Yeah, we're going to call it Selling Church. Selling because, Church. Because it, it is, I mean, they... Because they sold their church building that yes. they'd had for over a hundred years. Yeah, paid off. I mean, they had everything that all church planners want, which is like a facility that's completely paid for and functional and like in a central location and an XYZ. And then God is like, yeah, I need you to sell your church and do something and, and I need it to look different than it ever has before. Like we, you do it and the story about like the story that is unfolding is really an exciting one. Um, and so we're, you know, we've met with them. They're good friends. And uh, I think we're going to get to be able to be a part of their unfolding journey. Uh, no, no telling how long that will take, but you know, when, oh, in it's an, so cool. In like the story is age, yeah, awesome. Like, in, in a day and age where, it feels like I look around and I see so many churches desperate and selling themselves and selling themselves out, selling their souls in, mm-hmm. in different capacities. And we can look at the, the fruit of that. It's written all over the headlines of major publications. It's crisis after crises, you know, and it's because in part, well, those churches turned into sellers of something, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so, yeah, we're interested to to follow some stories of people who are responding in different ways and saying, hey, The new this new season the world is entering is going to require the church to look different than the five hundred one c three church inc that Mm -hmm. we all kind of think about in the West. You know, it's going to need to adapt to uh, what is really actually what it's always done, which is adapt to the needs of the broken, the least of these around us, and um, and to be you know stand as a prophetic witness against. Uh, the current structures and rhythms and patterns that have, you know, started to neuter the gospel in yeah. lots of different ways. So can I tell a quick story? Uh, no, yeah, Sorry, no, no I have to, I have to, I have to. <laughs> so last night I'm at, I'm at my son's baseball
1: practice who goes to a public school here in Southern California. And, um and so I, I meet the head coach and I, as I show up to, to practice, like he's praying with his kids after I'm like, well, he's getting fired for sure <laughs> and uh, and, he, and so I, we were talking afterwards, he goes, oh, I heard you were a pastor. I'm like, oh yeah, I was at you know at a, at a church in town. He goes, oh, I went to that church last weekend. Not for me, man, not for me. And I'm like, oh, okay. He goes, this. he goes, this, he goes, this is church. Mm. and we're on this like dark baseball field mm. and he goes, when these kids are here, he's like this this is this is my church. He goes, I'm not against like big churches or whatever yeah, he yeah. goes, and I, and so anyways, I was just like, It's really moved by that. I was like, -hmm. yeah, he he just gets it. So I I think there's opportunity, not not against, we're not anti-building, not anti-501C3, but I just think there's opportunities to tell stories like Coach Craig, who's like, Mm -hmm. he just has, he goes, this is where I'm called. Mm -hmm. And how many public schools in America would say like, yeah, their baseball team um, spends time in prayer Mm -hmm. each practice. So anyways, I just get I just get fired up about stories like that. I mean, I, I'm like, oh, you're a reformer, dude. All right, we'll see you on the podcast at some mm-hmm. point. <laughs> if it doesn't in jeopardy, Coach, Coach, your yeah, job. Coach
0: Gary, what was his name? I, I probably shouldn't say, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> Coach Craig. We'll edit this out later. No. <laughs> um, it, no, it's thrilling. And once again, it's just how do we solve the next problem, right? Yep. I, like, <laughs> I love how that's this recurrent theme. And... I can't wait to find out how I'm going to solve the problem of having to try and produce two journals now and to find a whole new community of writers oh. and of stories out there. Uh, I, I'm grateful that it's it puts me in editorial in this place of dependency of saying, well, hey, um, yeah, we're, I'll, we'll go beat the bushes. But ultimately, I'm excited to discover like who's going to find what's going on here and who's going to say like, hey, I want to lend my voice or, yep. hey, I here's a story, you know, here's a story that you guys need to cover and tell and to figure out how to start stewarding those those well. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what will happen in editorial because I, you know, while I love video, I love audio or whatnot, I also, you know, I was... I was a book nerd growing up. And so I do believe that there's something about the written word that is, uh, that's transcendent and that isn't going away anytime soon. And we've seen it when people engage with the magazine, it's, uh, it's arresting in, in different ways. And, um, it, in contrast to the endless doom scrolling, you know, of your space phone, uh, or of Twitter, uh, you know, something physical like the journal or even artful pieces online, just the way that you can you can use the medium of the written word as something that I think is and people have been saying forever it's going away. And I just don't believe it. I I really, I really don't. And so I mean, sneak peek. Ooh. Da, da, da. Volume seven. Volume seven. Oh, come on, man. No, that Ooh. is Doctor Brian Fisher. Uh, we've actually never done this before. We've never had the cover be somebody who's actually a story in there. Oh, yeah. And this has been this has been a labor of love with a lot of different creatives who've been a part of this process, um, from photographers to writers to poets. And there's, uh, yeah, I mean, anybody who's ever made a magazine knows it's it's a lot of work. A lot of work. But uh, it is. I, I got to drive up yesterday. And I got to do a press, uh, a press check with Andrew and our friends at Red Car Media who just do incredible work. And to see it coming off the presses was a, a really, a really beautiful thing. And there's some, it's a complex piece uh, of art and, and journalism and storytelling. And it's heartbreaking and it's inspiring. And uh, I'm, I'm thrilled. I can't wait for people to get it. Yeah. And Good so,
1: job, Mr. Editor-in-Chief.
0: Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's, <laughs> of your labor. Boss, do I get paid this month? maybe, maybe. Ah. No, we'll see we'll see how it uh, goes um, dr
1: brian fisher He's this cool. guy is a reformer
0: yeah but like i have mentioned multiple times before i mean not only are we going to try and do two of these journals a um but we'll also be putting out weekly content that's mm-hmm. just uh, hopefully of the highest quality quality and caliber you know um so if you are interested, if you're listening to this and you're interested, shameless plug, and you want to write for us, or if you have a story lead uh, or you're a photographer, then yeah, reach out to us. I mean, website, or I think it's info at co. Mm-hmm. You can hit us up there, or you can you can go bug Claire on social media, mm-hmm. and Please. she'll put you yeah, in contact with whoever you need to to uh, become part of the tribe. But guys, we've spent a heck of a lot of time, and we've covered so much ground and this will be fun to back hurts yeah 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 yeah. so i think that's it when your back hurts (laughs)
1: coffee was cold three hours ago Uh uh-huh
0: and when you're uh when your your video team is being like uh we filled up a card i think it's time to call quits it might be time claire
1: do you have enough content for social i have a lot of content do do, uh, the reels on instagram go three
0: hours (laughs) Uh, I can't believe we shot this on IMAX, too. So it's just going to be beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> VR. Eat we'll just, your like, heart out. You just
1: sit in the office with us. 3D That's podcast. Beautiful.
0: Well, hey, um, friends, if you've made it this far, in the words of one of our favorite artists around the office, John Van Dusen, turn off this song. Go outside. Find somebody to love. So, friends, thanks so much. Until next time. Over and out.